I'll let just my lawn, lawn maintenance. <laughs> yeah. I'll blow out the sprinklers. That's all you're getting out of me. Welcome back to Rabbit Troop Sucks. You know, just a couple gentlemen sitting around talking about lawn care. Yeah. yeah. That's where we're drinking we come whiskey, in our lives. talking about our lawns. Right. That's how. That's the sad state of affairs. <laughs> yeah. That's we're, why people we're all are retired. In, people are. <laughs> People, people are tuning in in droves at this point in time. I'm like, oh my god, did you hear about the, the latest lawn episode? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're now a lawn care tip podcast. We only cover Lawnmower Man 1 and 2. That's that's <laughs> We do endless podcasts on Lawnmower Man. Just how great it is. In different perspectives. Yeah. We could just get different guests every time. So, like, how, how much did you like Lawnmower Man? This is our 65th viewing. <laughs> yeah. So, so, I'm starting to maybe not like that. Paul, no. You will always <laughs> like it. <laughs> that, that's the podcast. Well, we're coming at you with, you know, in October, Halloween weather with Something Wicked This Way Comes. 1983. Uh, PG, question mark on that. In a small American town, a diabolical circus and its demonic proprietor prey on the townsfolk. Uh, this is Ray Bradbury, uh, screenwritten, and uh, his novel as well. So very notable. We have a lot of notable directors so far and writers. You know, We opened up with Stephen King, we moved to Wes Craven, and now here, here we are, Ray Bradbury. And a bunch of notable actors in this film as well. Um, Jason. Did Ray Bradbury ever write any other scripts, like movie scripts? Yeah, I saw somewhere. I should probably open it. I had no idea that he like wrote a movie script. Like I, I knew this this I knew this story was based on his his story, but I did not know that he wrote the movie script until I went on IMDb. So clearly Bradbury most notable for Fahrenheit 451. Uh, right. The Illustrated Man and he wrote uh, I believe all the short stories for Ray Bradbury theater. So I don't know like if that really counts, but like he wrote a lot of them that I think were based off his own short stories, but then was the screenwriter for that. Uh, but maybe I saw somewhere that he did write for something. I mean, that was like early in his career. I just don't know if he did it really beyond that. I, I, I just don't know. I've actually never he did, he did soap commercials in the seventies. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I, I, I've never read anything by Ray Bradbury outside of, I think, one or two short stories in my life. But I read his autobiographical book on writing. I just like happened to like have it at one point in time. And I just kept reading it because I thought it was thoroughly interesting. And I thought, if that's how he's writing that, I would gladly read anything. But I have not read anything. I would imagine a lot of you maybe read Fahrenheit 451. No. I, I have not. I think I read it in... High school, maybe. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah, I might maybe. have as well. I don't. Remember. I did not. I, I was not given that in high school, and that's where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. And now I read things about lawn maintenance and yeah. how yeah. to care for the lawn as it turns to fall. So take that novels and classic lit. <laughs> now, now I'm the internet uh, with uh, people going back and forth and starting hate wars on the proper seed and aeration techniques that I need to be doing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's no there's no time for art whatsoever <laughs> in this. We have a uh, director Jack Clayton. Um, this is crazy. He uh, 
I didn't know much, but he straight up directed The Great Gatsby. Uh, funny enough, I was in a room with Jeremy when we watched Like the, the Leonardo DiCaprio version? No, 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 or the, the, the original, 74. Oh, okay. oh wow. Okay. So, yeah, so Jeremy and I were in a high school English class together, and we were in a room watching this movie. If either of us were paying attention to not or not. I like the class. I just don't know if I paid attention to the 74 version of this. I bet you weren't. With Robert Redford. Robert Redford was in it. And, yeah, okay. you haven't seen this? No. Yeah, Robert Redford is Gatsby. Bruce Dern is Tom. Okay. Oh, Robert Redford's. Yeah, yeah, he's Gatsby. Yeah. I haven't seen the Leo damn. either. I've not seen. Paul the Leo takes one. a fuck ton of notes, man. <laughs> he does. So he does deep. Well, in some the of it's up here. So, like, none of it. None of my notes are like mentioning you. I just remember it. It's all here. <laughs> <laughs> it's all. It's all here somewhere. Somewhere. Somewhere that we pull from the ether in these late rabbit troopy nights. <laughs> okay, so jump, jump, <laughs> jumping right in here, um, the two, the two most notable actors, Jason Robards, uh, unfortunately died in two thousand at seventy eight years old, uh, and I don't mean that negatively. Uh, he was always an old man in the movies. I saw him, All the President's Men. Clearly, I think a lot of people are going to know him for. I, I forgot when I saw this, I was like, oh, God, he was in Magnolia from 1999. Um, and that's, I think, I would assume the last time I saw him. There's two movies I always think of him uh, as a teen or maybe younger. Dream a Little Dream with the Corys uh, from 89. And another one, it was uh, Max Dugan Returns from 83. And it has, uh, oh, geez, I can't think of uh, Ferris Bueller's name. Yeah. We're good at this. Matthew, uh, Rod, what? Matthew Broderick. 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 Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. And all my notes, like so many names. Yeah. I think that was a movie when Matthew Broderick was much younger. I saw it a bunch when I was a kid for whatever reason. And then we get, uh, Jonathan Price. Uh, he plays Mr. Dark. He, uh, I note that he's in the, uh, Jim Henson storyteller. Uh, one of the episodes I remember a lot. I also remember him from Brazil. I would love to do jumping Jack flash at some point in time. That's from 85, Whoopi Goldberg. Is that a Whoopi Goldberg? Yeah, yeah. hell yeah. Hell yeah, it's oh, Whoopi. Wow. That movie's awesome. Yeah, hell yeah. Yes, Colin, yes. Uh, Haunted Honeymoon, maybe next Halloween, next year, 86. And uh, Baron von, uh, The Adventures of Baron von Munchausen uh, from 88. And I often, and he, this, this is my side note. He has also played a Bond, like a main Bond villain in um, one of the... Uh, yeah, yep. yeah. Oh yeah, duh. Yeah, and he was in Ronin, which is one of my favorite movies. I Brother. always confused Fantastic. him, and I, I there's like a weird flashback I had as a kid watching uh, something Wicked This Way comes. Like I remembered a couple things. I haven't seen this movie in at least a decade, but I saw this movie a shit ton growing up. It was like this is one of the movies always on TV, and I loved it. Um, but I always confused Jonathan Price with uh, Roger. I think it's Ress. Um, and he is Robin Concord on Cheers, and he always dated uh, one of the leads. And if you ever, anyone ever watches Cheers, I, I realize now why I thought that. Yeah, uh, they have kind of a similar physique, but they have very similar accents. And I think it was always the voice that I was like, ah, oh, it's totally the same guy, but it is definitely not. I looked him up again. I was like, why did I think that? Because I saw him, and I was like, they don't look that similar, but it was totally, they have similar voices. So. They have voices that could read us all audiobooks. Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan Price. And Jonathan Price, you are part of my nightmares. <laughs> then we have some <laughs> other people that I'll note, but they, they didn't do a, a, a ton. Of the, the two kid leads, it was basically this, a couple other things in the 80s, and then that kind of fizzled out. Um, 
Miss Foley was on Green Acres. I thought that was kind of kind of solid. Um, and then uh, I got uh, some other guy, or Tom was in uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, who's the drifter. But yeah. Well, and uh, Mrs. Nightshade is Diane Ladd, who nobody listening to this podcast probably knows, but my mom and people of my mom's age would probably know. Um, that's kind of. And then fun. also. Well, I was going to say that's kind of funny you're saying that because there are scenes between the two moms that I am interchangeably thinking that they are the same person throughout this movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, they're just barely there, and sometimes they're referenced as mom. And I was like, oh, whose mom was that? And even at the end, I was like, I, I had to go back and change a note. And I was like, oh, someone else's mom. Whoops. <laughs> well, and uh, Pam Greer is also in this movie who, and if, you've, if you're a Quentin Tarantino fan and have seen... Um, God damn it. Jackie Brown. Sorry, jumped my mind. Yeah, Jackie yeah, Brown. Jackie Brown. <laughs> then you know who that is. But so also in IMDb, they li- have her listed as a character called the Dust Witch. Sweet name. Am I nuts? Mm-hmm. And that is never said throughout the entire movie. I, I would, I would yeah. assume that comes from okay. a novel at, yeah. at some point. Okay. Because well, I before, was like, why is she called the Dust Witch? Well, before we go to bananas in here, uh, hi, again, we're Rapid Troop Sucks, <laughs> oh, and yeah. we are a oh, podcast yeah. <laughs> about obscure, forgotten about, and often overlooked films. And to just make it quick, I'm doing a quick intro. Next to me is Colin. Next Yo. to Colin is Jeremy. And next to Jeremy is Mike. Right back to me. Uh, Lamar, unfortunately, wow. couldn't be here today, but he's with our friend Rami going to see a comedy show. So we both hope they're having fun, and we both hope they eventually listen to this podcast and know that they are missed. Also, in other news, thanks again uh, for Ryan coming out. We had a lot of fun you know, a couple weeks ago when he came out for our fiction beer company. And you should definitely be drinking some of these beers along the way. So, uh, Mike, do you remember all the beer names? I have them written down. It's like a quiz for you. I know the one that I'm drinking now. Which one's that? It's called Savage Glee. Oh, yeah. It's a key lime uh, sour. I just tried part of that. That was awesome. Yeah, it's good. But the ones we're definitely... band name, too. <laughs> yeah. The ones we're definitely promoting are the Oktoberfest and the Sweet Sedition of Magic, which is pumpkin with uh, spices. Or pumpkin amber. Both of those were awesome, yeah. And we we're hoping Ryan comes back and is also listening to this. So check out some fiction beer. Uh, we had a lot of fun with that. And Mike has put up some uh, late mid-month Halloween merch. So we have new Halloween t-shirts. We have Halloween... We have three Halloween t-shirts, Yeah, there's right? three Halloween designs. Boom. And in yeah. addition, Mike got crazy. You could also get a Rabbit Troop Sucks skateboard yeah. shower curtain. A mouse pad. You get a throw pillow. A thro- you could be living. Whatever you want, we'll have it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, There's a Rabbit Troop Sucks uh, Rolls Royce, I believe, that you can get your hands on. Absolutely, mistaken. yeah. Hear me out. Yeah. You buy enough merch, <laughs> and then you know you you class up, and then those sultry messages I've been telling you that you wanted from Mike this whole time, it's just a sultry mic on your throw yeah, pillow you, in your hotel. And yeah. You, a you get the mic B-sides. Well, right. the, the new design is just, it's, it's my face. It's not the logo. Right. And so the way we're going to work this is it's kind of like a no questions asked situation. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the rest of us will be splitting this money. Mike is not alone getting the money that comes from us, but you will be putting that into merchandise that we will be splitting and what you and Mike talk about uh, off air. Yeah. Whatever happens, that money goes into merchandise. Thank you, everybody. How you doing, Rabbit Troop Sucks? <laughs> we need to get Mike a cameo <laughs> account. Yeah, okay. Oh, know. yeah. What was that? OnlyFans? Get Mike an OnlyFans account? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Just that, that's we should. That's where this uh, the recorded Zoom meeting should go on the OnlyFans site. Your, your handle could OnlyFans. be like Only Throw Pillow. Okay, it's just uh, it's just me shirtless talking into a headset. <laughs> yes. Oh, and mm-hmm. we're 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 gonna have some secret surprise T-shirts. I oh should, yeah, I, I should note that 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 will that'll be a surprise for everyone outside of Mike and I when yeah. the surprise when the day comes when the day cometh. Yeah, you'll know when it's time. <laughs> the surprise the surprise will be strong. <laughs> Maybe if they're well received, we'll throw them up in the shop later. But that would be amazing. Yeah, that would be super super amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know what reminds me of amazing things? What. <laughs> I don't know. So something else? Were you queuing us up for to say something? Something suspicious? Something something wicked? (laughs) This way comes. Well, one thing I want to note about this movie, now that we're kind of back into it, and we've established ourselves finally, um, this is a Disney movie, and kind of that as a backdrop, I think is bananas. Just, that was the echoing question I had all throughout this film. Disney? Question mark? Because... There's no way in hell most of this movie would be made today through Disney. There's just... Did we watch a different movie? Because I felt like this was super tame. I do not think this is tame for a lot of Disney stuff. Okay. Um, Yeah, I thought that, like, I knew that this was not, like, a typical Disney movie. I like it that it was darker and they talked about themes that Disney doesn't usually talk about. But I also did not think that this, I thought this was a fine PG movie, especially in 83. I mean, PG 13 didn't exist. Well, if I'm so, so that, just, yeah, I'm so, yes. So that's the thing that I, when we've talked about this more recently, uh, as we noted, as we, as we did at the Minicon, um, learning about the rating system a little more. And I, I would argue that this would definitely be a PG 13 film. But there's um, no, there's no like, there's not really any gore. There's no, no, nudity there's no sexual tension mild uh, swearing yeah like it's i mean i i don't know i i agree but the the themes of death and just the imagery of some of this i think is so heavy-handed that okay i can so how about this if someone so i'm kind of in between that if someone was yeah they maybe like 11 12 like whatever but like if you're gonna be like pg more to like seven eight nine that's where i'm like this is kind of nuts like i don't think that's maybe a good idea that's maybe a little too general audience because that's like just heavy imagery to for like a seven-year-old I, well, no, I, mean, uh, I, I guess i just I, my take was more like i don't think a child of that age would be super interested in this movie i was watching this not, movie not that it was like four or five years not old. that it was like inappropriate. <laughs> yeah yeah like, i like actively i've seen this movie probably at least a couple dozen times in my life, and most of them when I was like four, five, six, seven, eight. Wow! And look how you turned out. So I, I, I also saw this movie when I was that young, and I, I loved this movie when I was that young. What? So this, I have not seen this movie since I was young, and watching it again, I still like it. But I also have some like critiques now that I'm adult oh, sure. and like I've seen many movies, and we'll talk about them. But I still like this movie. Well, that, that, that's just my like going to be my overall critique going through that. It, I'm so like, I just don't think Disney would sign on for this. There's not enough like quirk uh, to make this PG again. That just just seems pretty dark. Um, and I loved it as a kid, so it's yeah. I mean, I guess we'll talk talk about it. Uh, things I also want to note is clearly people rip the shit off of some of this movie. I mean, if you see the opening sequence is like a tr- train going through night. And the 
music that's playing is a little more mm, symphonic. Uh, huge Hogwarts notes here. Like any Harry Potter fans, I was like, whoa, man, like someone must have been like a little nod to Ray Bradbury in this. Am I, am I wrong? Yeah, I thought it was kind of Star Wars-y. Star Wars? Yeah. Wow. Well, so Stephen King wrote a screenplay of this movie that was rejected by Disney. And if you know anything about Stephen King's novels, he went on to write a, a novel called uh, Needful Things, oh, yeah. which mm-hmm. is kind of similar. And not, yeah, yeah. Just kind of. Like, there's certain themes that overlap, but um, I thought that was interesting also. I, you know, Jeremy, I totally agree. I never thought about that until now. I never put Needful Things as a comparable movie, but yeah, like some of what happens in the trade-offs are very similar. Um, that's yeah. interesting. And like someone just like coming to town and doing like some weird stuff and the town's like normally doing nothing, but until like some weird dude comes in. Mike loves the opening narration. He told me on the side, he texts me. He's like, I love when people narrate. Yeah. Well, he said that on wizards too. He's like, I just, this is my favorite thing <laughs> yeah. in the world. <laughs> it was, this was worse than wizards. Cause I don't know. It just, it didn't feel Expect the guy's voice. It's the voice. Like it makes you want to strangle the life out of the person. <laughs> yeah, the, his voice yeah. was rough. Like a rare month for boys. Yeah. Some, was he what he said about October? Like what the fuck does that mean? Who talks like oh, this? Oh, you know what it means. Yeah. Well, we, we yeah, almost we almost I named guess. we almost named this podcast a rare month for boys. It wow. was a, a special month for a boy. <laughs> was it a special month for a boy. that? That's that's right, and that's what we almost named it a special month for boys. Yeah. <laughs> I might have watched a different copy because I'm pretty sure he said rare in mine. I don't know, man. Yeah, it, I, honestly, the worst part of this movie for me was the was what every person said, the way everyone talked. <laughs> um, like, oh, I'm excited, Mike. Yeah. If Mike doesn't like this. I no, am, I mean, I, I, I thought the movie was was fine overall. Just like, oh, Jeremy, he already told me he overall does not like the film. But yeah, like yeah, it was just every word that everyone said felt weird well i I am glad that mike told me that because i can't really defend anyone outside of two characters and i'm totally gonna defend clearly jonathan price and jason robarts all throughout this film um i'm with you halfway there I can. I'll defend Jonathan Price, but yes. I am not going to defend that old man because. Yeah, uh, and we'll talk. We'll get in more into that I, <laughs> about I, about I, that. I, I, can, yeah. I can understand the back and forth. I'm even willing to say future forward. I understand the the back and forth that you might give Jonathan Robards, but there is a moment that I'll highlight that I think he kind of overall redeems himself to highlight like I'm actually a badass actor in this movie, and it does come and go. Like it's not just like shining strong all throughout and i think he's a good actor all throughout i just think the words that were written for him were phenomenally stupid most of the time <laughs> well that dude, <laughs> that, that dude much like wizards loves smoking cigars yeah and only one a day just doctors or literal doctors, doctors. or right. <laughs> <laughs> one a day one drink yeah one drink that was and, a big and, drink too and, the, and those were also cigars as big as i don't know like seven pencils rolled together i mean there's like the penguin cigars uh, and they weren't that is like those thin little cigarette ones <laughs> those are huge it's all part of it but we do and there's a to... lot of characters in this movie too yeah for it being as short as it is there's a lot of characters my wife noted uh she watched just a little bit of it with me and i, and I thought about this throughout and, it, and i totally agree with this a lot of it revolves around just like the town square overall 
And so she saw like maybe mm, the first 15 minutes and then maybe like 20 minutes later, uh, and not as an assessment of the movie. She's like, ah, oh, this whole set reminds me of the back to the future set. And I totally agree with that, that you have like the clock tower, you have the cigar slash bar, you know, you only really get like a couple other houses and then the fairgrounds. Um, but yeah, it's a, not, it's not a huge set, but a bunch of people. So we get a narrator, uh, your author or your author, your your uh, narrative voice is looking back when he was 12 years old. He's living in a small, small town. I'm guessing the 30s. Is that everyone's guess? It, I'm, that's based I on like know. the cars. That's kind of my guess. Right. Sure. I mean, we could go give or take maybe a couple years. I just don't know. I mean, it's crazy to think about that, but we're like, that's almost 100 years ago. So I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, a lot of people are like, are you serious? You, don't, you can't tell that's the 30s? I'm like, I don't. are the, all those people alive still? So... No. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like that's a crazy thing to think about. That I'm I'm watching these movies that I'm like, oh, that wasn't too long ago when I first saw that movie in the eighties. But now I'm like, oh my god, that's that was a hundred years ago. So yeah. I mean, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's because we're old. Yeah. <laughs> so we get a couple a couple people uh being noted right off the bat. You get Tom the Drifter and he's selling lightning rods and he's going door to door and Tom Fury, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> would would he be the lead in the video game you would be playing of this? He was the first uh Disney Marvel character. Lightning Rod Tom. <laughs> uh, I can't wait for his spin-off. <laughs> he's gonna spin you right off this whole month, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> And, and then we we get, and th- this is kind of interesting, and it does make me want to read this book. I've wanted to read this book for ages. Um, this is like a little small goal, so I'm sure I could read this book in a sitting or two. So the uh, the narrator quickly says, this is more the story of my father, like less than him. And, and it is in a lot of ways. Um, I would love to see more description and more narrative and exposition clearly going through a novel. I mean, you just can't put everything in a book. I have no idea how long this is by any means, but yeah, that guy's going town to town. And then you uh, get to uh, also meet uh, Jim. So Will uh, is your main character and his best friend is Jim. And they hear some music and they see Tom Drifter walking around and a lot of stuff's going on. And he's saying that his uh, lightning rods will protect your house. Yeah. As lightning rods do, really. I mean, <laughs> that's a good sales pitch because that's their intended purpose. Let, let me let me pitch it to you, Mike. Yeah. Ding dong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Nightshade residence. Hi. I would love to give you a bunch of rods. Yeah. Okay. So I, sh- I could just put them right in there. Yeah. Can you just stuff it right up my chimney? <laughs> yeah. What? So this is going to cost you. No. <laughs> Where's your money? It's in my pants. This is happy, happy going to cost you one dollar and Rab- one cent. Yeah. Trip. So is this where There's he four carrots in your garden? Ooh, is this where he runs into the boys and is like, "One of your houses is fucked. Tell me which one this is." Yeah, yeah, okay. Straight yeah. shooter, that guy. Yeah, because it's all true, apparently. Exactly. Look, one of your houses needs protection. Whose house is this? And it's uh, it's Jim's. Yeah, and he goes inside and he steals like. Mom's money. Yeah, like 38 cents from a coffee tin. And then he's like, hey, this is what I've got. And he's like, cool. All right. I, perfect. You, this is what it costs, I guess. I, th- <laughs> this movie has little scenes that I like. Um, like or dislike this film that, yeah, Jim comes out with his money. And it's talked about that Jim's father has skipped town and no one really knows what's going on yeah. with this guy. His mother is upstairs like 
it's like sleeping petting with a cat, cat I guess. Yeah. yeah well, she's yeah, tired from hanging out with the cat all day. She's got the vapors. Yeah. yeah she, she does got the vapors. She's on the phantom couch upstairs. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, that's super weird. And, and Drifter Tom, uh, there's a quick nod that it's like, I kind of understand the situation here. And Jim gives him the money and he's like, well, how much do you have? He's like this. And there's like this eye to eye moment. And he's like, it's yours. Well, he's like, thank you, Master Nightshade. Like, like clearly you're the man of the house. And like, I'm, I'm dealing with you and not no longer a boy. It is a central theme of this movie because Jim wants to grow up and skip childhood because his mom got a raw deal. He feels like he's got a raw deal. But I kind of like this. I know it's like a small little moment, but I was like, ah, I kind of, I kind of like Drifter Tom a little more. Um, I don't know what that guy was about, but he seems nice. Yeah, he's just there to bring the weather. Yeah, yeah. he's giving the rods. Yeah, he's giving the rods to children for money. <laughs> yeah, and and then we get a crazy little storm a blowing, and flyers are blowing all along. And these flyers note that Saturday, the twenty fourth of this October. That this carnival of pandemonium, Dark's pandemonium, is going to come into town. And there's a lot of weird stuff that's uh, going on. Is this when the, the train passes by? Or is well, no, we, we have like the montage of, of Jason Robards interacting with all the townsfolk so we know who they are. We have like, he meets yeah. cigar store guy and oh. he goes for his whiskey. Yeah, it's the only exposition we get on any of the characters yeah. in this movie like uh, like a two sentence per character and that's their backstory well, one of the things i also like in this scene i forgot because yeah so all these flyers are blowing around and you're like why would all of them be blowing around and then there's that <laughs> there's a guy just throwing him up at the air yeah. you later learn out learn it's mr dark and he's just like actively just throwing them it, it's a really quick cut of a yeah. creepy scene and it's especially kind of creepy because Charlie, who is Jason Robards, uh, Will's father, he's the one who sees it, and he's the one who's like, "Holy shit! Like, what's going on with this guy?" Yeah, how did he get there? Because he he shows up later in the train. Well, he's the fucking devil. Yeah, well, okay, <laughs> so he just he just jets here and there. Yeah, okay. sort of. the uh, the one cool thing I liked, so like the special effects in this movie are hit or miss because of, you know it's forty years old. Right. I do like the way they did this the green sky kind of billowing in. Yeah, the green was sky was neat. cool. Yeah, yeah. Do you like when they do like the green mist later on? Yeah. I also like that. <laughs> I also like that. In my notes, I call it the green goo mist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right, you did, Jeremy. Yeah. You remember you said that. That's yeah. right. <laughs> and that's bringing back the drinking game. Bring it back for Hall- <laughs> Halloween. You need a little goo? Boom. That's a sip. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for some reason, the, the dad keeps, or Jason Robards, Charlie, he keeps the flyer. And he's kind of looking at it. He's kind of weirdly drawn to it. And then uh, I think something's said. And he's like, ah, nothing. And just uh, chucks it in the fireplace. Yeah. I don't... The mom in this movie is such an afterthought. The mom... Oh, no one gives a fuck about the yeah, mom. Yeah, so a big theme in this movie is Jason Robards is a much older father. He's considered... Way older. But, uh, so old. Yeah, and you know this because he complains <laughs> about it fucking constantly. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'd really like to know what the, you He's know. Talking about I, grass, I guess like grass supplements. Back in the '30s, maybe that was like commonplace. I don't know. Like older gentlemen, yeah. like having young kids and like having a young I wife. Do not, I, don't I mean, know. I, I mean, everyone notes it, so I don't think that's the case. Yeah, I mean, I'm but based yeah, on I mean, this movie. This guy's way older. Yeah, based on this movie, and that's funny. That's like one of the first things my wife said, uh, and she's like wow, like, isn't he, like, way old to be having this young of a kid? I was like, it's actually addressed all throughout this movie. Um, and Mr. Dark clearly uses this. But, yeah, uh, she's an afterthought. Uh, 
I forget she's even in this. I mean, she says like three things and one of them's like, go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> like, all right. Like I don't think we even need to pay this person. No. She does a great job. Yeah. She's, she's paid in rods. Yeah. Well, that's how that kid came out. <laughs> we also learn uh, Will, Will and Jim are next door neighbors. And uh, yeah. this is when they see the train at night. So they're, they're asleep and the train's coming through. Uh, some of my favorite scenes of this movie, um, just really low key, are just them like kind of running out at night. It just, I, it reminded me of me th- watching this movie when I was a kid. So it's like the idea of just like you would bolt outside, like, and just like run around seems so awesome. Like imagine like I'm five years old. I'm like, but when I'm nine, ten, or eleven, I guess I could just like go outside at night and like run around. Like right. that's a thing. Like I can climb onto my best friend's roof from my window yeah. Yeah. and just go buck right. wild running around. And yeah. that was a thing well, I thought would happen to me mm-hmm. when I was five. Yeah, they're, they're and at no point in time yeah. during this movie is anybody concerned about these kids. No. They disappear for hours at, at a time. I mean, but wouldn't you think that's kind of 30s mentality with where they are? That's enough. Probably. Yeah, maybe I mean, that is. It probably is. Because, like, if your kid disappears in the 30s, you don't have, like, a cell phone or anything. I, I mean, you're just like, I probably hope he comes back. back. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Dude, right? I, yeah. I totally bet it's something where they just go next door and knock on the door. And if, yeah. you know, the, the Nightshade's mom comes down, she's like, oh, he's gone, too. They're like, yeah, they're probably off together. It's fine. Yeah. Right. So but, it's, it's as close to, you know, feeling safe as you can get. Right. Like... It, you would like where they're living. I would assume it'd be like you would be more likely attacked by an animal than yeah. like just like the I don't know one thousand residents maybe of or this a, area. A random drifter who has a bunch of large metal rods with him. But he seems nice. He He's does nice. seem nice. Yeah. He knocks on your door and politely asks if you would like to get rotted. And Mike agreed. Yeah. Be like hell yeah, I want to get rotted. I want the one with the beetle. <laughs> yeah, scarab. Yeah, yeah, the scarab. There's some other Disney movies I, I I hope we cover in the future years. Like clearly, I would just like maybe one. Uh, but uh, Watcher in the Woods is one that's considered like uh, roughly too dark. There's another one too that I actually have not seen. But yeah, this is weird. There's like a lot of weird stuff going on in this. That's why I'm just like this is this is so unlike Disney in my mind. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just kind of bizarre. It is so. Jason, what's Jason Robert's name? Willie? Charlie. Charlie. Um, he's he's the town librarian, right? Yeah. Willie, Willie the town librarian. <laughs> Willie the librarian. Willie, give me a book. Um, and I guess, like, we, we meet the townsfolk who are notable in this movie. He's on his way home, and, like, I'm guessing he does the same routine every day. He stops at the cigar store to get a cigar. One a day, doctor's orders. One well. a day, doctor's orders. Yeah. The cigar store had the dopest lighter in the world. That's just always going. Yeah. It was, it was like a hand with a flame coming out of it. Yeah. yeah like a like big, the Olympic flame. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, but we learned the cigar store owner loves gambling and wants money. Mm-hmm. He loves it. He, he stops at the barber shop for some reason. And the barber is like a lonely poon hound and just wants ladies. Yeah. Yeah, he wants. Uh, yeah, he wants that lady flesh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I studied, um, and then he goes to the to the bar, and there's it's it's run by a paraplegic fella who used to be a football player. Yeah, a football star. A football yep. star. Oh, In star. High yeah, and he's hopping around and throwing the ball and pouring whiskey, um, but he just wants to relive his glory days, and you know this because he won't shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> I know. And th- now this is now that uh, we've now met all of the notable people. And the yes. teacher. And the teacher. Oh, and the teacher, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's a teacher too. Who was, who was once considered like the most right. beautiful woman in town. Yeah, she's like she just looks like a cranky and, old lady, but 
and like there's a scene that that takes place later in the movie where you know she she gets like her wish yeah. and there is no way that that person be aged into this teacher i mean no. it, just, it just doesn't happen like that no it does when you become a prune Mm. Yeah, <laughs> you, that's what you got to use spf every day you got to moisturize guys i had just been laying out in the sun it's not just for ladies uh, i put tinfoil around my face that's, that's, <laughs> yeah that was it <laughs> like a solar oven yeah i said sometimes put some tabasco sauce you know just right in my eyes let them burn <laughs> but yeah uh yeah that is also the backstory but yeah these yeah. kids uh are tracking down the this carnival yeah uh, so they train. go chasing down the train yeah it seems like a lot of fun like i mean again watching this movie as a kid it was it was a thrill it was like it was like kind of like i don't know animalistic i know that sounds maybe strange but like as a five-year-old i'm like i just got free reign just to like be roaming around in some woods like again i'm like Five years old, I was thinking, no fear, you know, I'm not going to be mauled by a bear or some weird coyote, but um, that just seemed awesome. Like, oh man, when I'm 10 years old, I could be like jumping trains and going to secret carnivals. Like, I was in. And this is very, and I brought this up last year, for the love of God, if anyone's listening, if anyone ever has power, whoever listens to this on earth, get up off your ass and bring back in full all the episodes of Nickelodeon's Are You Afraid of the Dark? The fact that you have not released the last couple seasons is a tragic loss and etc. So please bring that back. There you go. Never seen it. That's crazy. You never watch Nickelodeon's Are You Afraid of the Dark? Ever? No. Oh my god. No. That's why he's so brave in darkness. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. So crazy. I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> they asked him the question. He said, no, I'm not afraid of the dark. And that was the end of the conversation. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he didn't Jeremy, want to Jeremy, show. Yeah. Jeremy rotted up when he, when he, when he was a young man. <laughs> yeah. He didn't learn well, he all of big the rod. he should be. I'm not afraid of the dark. <laughs> is, is, is rodding up the rabbit troop sucks like Battle Cry now? No, well, it could, be, <laughs> it, it, could be like, it could be like young guns, regulators. Yeah. yeah. Rod, rod up. Rod yeah. up. <laughs> exactly. Well, if we go to a bar when I'm in town, that, that'll be our like motto, like rods out. Absol yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Rod them up, boys. Out, and then, then we'll find a different bar because we'll have been kicked out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this, well, I mean, I just let me know how that goes because I'll be filming from the window from the Uber that I'm in outside. So I'll have it on Zoom. So so just let me know what you guys are saying and what they say to you. And that's when Mike, you know, uses that crazy voice that he has, did, you know, the other week. Yeah, talking about muffins. All these muffins want these yeah. rods. <laughs> yeah. I, bro I broke Mike the other, or uh, last night, that uh, we we're watching a movie and like <laughs> I kept uh, giving him random times in a different voice. And my Mike's final quote with me was, I can't even with you. <laughs> I couldn't. I still can't. You might be able to. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a lightning storm coming. There is. So these boys get onto the fairgrounds and they sneak uh, into one of the, like, I don't know, like uh, cars, I, I would assume. I mean, where they... It looks like someone would maybe live and then kind of perform on the outside. And yeah. they sneak in, and there's this very... Well, we should also mention that this circus sets up oh, instantaneously. Oh, yeah. 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 It's like, just there. Like, the train rolls in, it stops, and then the boys are like, oh, shit, the circus is yeah, it's like here, it, and it's all set up The now. train goes out of view, like, behind a hill, and they run up the hill, 
And then there's just it's all it's all set. Yeah, it, it, it would look, almost looks like it's ninety percent set up. Like it just kind of like has some final touches, but yeah, like everything's there. There's like a fucking Ferris wheel. In yeah. There. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like the train did not have a driver as it was coming in, and there were no like people on the train. It just kind of rolled in. What's this guy then, drive? Was this Tesla? They're here. <laughs> yeah. Tesla train. <laughs> Elon Musk train. Burn burn that guy as a witch if he goes back into time. <laughs> guys listen driverless this guy just talked about a driverless train no in the future the future burn him sorry that was my own movie <laughs> so, so, so will just starts walking into stuff and then you know or i'm sorry jim walks into stuff and charlie follows and they get in this one of these cars and yeah it's this creepy woman with a tarantula she's like, it's like some demon woman all throughout jeremy you know that she has a name that that's noted, but it's never said throughout. What was, no. the, what was the name of this the one? Dust Witch. Yeah, I, I would ass, Witch. I would assume that that is coming from some kind of. It's novel. gotta be from the, the yeah. story. Yeah, but I I, no, I I never heard of that, and no one like even referenced like that as a character. But yeah, yeah. So. No one really references her at all. She just kind of keeps popping up. And Charlie sees her red ring. It's always glowing around, weird red rings. I'm sure this is fleshed out more in a novel, but probably. Well, uh, Jason Robards saw the red ring in a coffin when he was walking. Yeah, yeah. Like there's, about, a and there's like another scene person that yeah. I didn't really understand what happened with that coffin scene. Was the dust witch in the coffin at the time? You know, no one knows. It's just because yes. this guy can't stop talking about fucking death, so that's all he sees. He's so old. He is. Well, he is old, and he, when Will gets home, he has a chat with him about being old. Mike, you're still talking yeah. about the curve. Can you imagine if you were 90 years old and saw the curve? You'd be like, "That was the last movie ever." You'd be telling the town. <laughs> yeah. You'd be knocking on people's doors like, "I saw the goddamn curve." <laughs> Only one cigar. Today's two cigars. Goddamn. Yeah. <laughs> I would have to find something fun to do because if I've got that little time left in my life, I gotta. I can't go out and just have and watch the curve. <laughs> If Mike dies before us, we all need to pitch in money where the curve is just projected on his tombstone for all to see. I will haunt you so, so hard. And not like a charming haunting either. Like, people are going to get hurt. And on the tombstone, it was, the curve is my favorite movie, quote unquote, Paladin Mike Genova. <laughs> Matthew Lillard, super fan. You guys are out of the will. I'm sending that to Matthew Lillard. This guy died for you, bro. If Matthew, will, if Matthew, if Matthew Lillard shows up, that's fine. All's forgiven. Awesome. Great. I'm assuming he'll, he'll be dead before I am. No. <laughs> no? Not in this scenario. I mean, hopefully. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to die. Matthew yeah. Lillard seems immortal. <laughs> yeah, he eats yeah, a that's, lot of kale. That's true. Well, anyways, these kids run off, and then yeah. uh, they go home, and Charlie sees his dad. And, or, I'm sorry, Charlie the dad sees uh, his son, and who is, yeah, Will. And he's all scared, and then the clock rings midnight, and he's like, "Hey, three o'clock? No, it rings uh, at three, three o'clock." Because then he that's says, "That's the soul's midnight." Soul's yeah. midnight, yeah. Oh. And, he's, and he's like, "What's that?" And he's like, "Ah, it's mainly for old people." Yeah, it's soul's <laughs> midnight. It's when lots of old people die. Yeah. So, oof, there's some dark foreshadowing, kind of. Three a.m. is soul's midnight. Is that a thing outside of this movie? Or is that just like a dumb thing? I've never you? heard that in my life. Okay. It yeah. very much could be the only reason I kind of think it's a thing is because of this movie. Well, okay. I, and I, he, I, I, and I, in, I, in this scene, he starts to tell a story and then he's like, I'll tell you later. Yeah. yeah. And the story is kind of important. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. They want to talk about a memory. So like the, the story that involves them both. And it, and it is uh, super important as Jeremy notes and he kind of shrugs them off. 
But I do want to note, you know, the next time we record, Jeremy is going to be here in town. So uh, I say we're going to show him a soul's midnight that he's not going to forget anytime soon. So if you want to learn about what a soul's midnight is, you talk to Jeremy. If I'm up at 3 a.m., you're going to get a whole different version of Jeremy. (laughs) Are you going to jump through the wall like the Kool-Aid man? Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you better get some extra fucking property insurance. <laughs> My daughter's going to be like in the corner. Like, why? Mm-hmm. I don't like. <laughs> why, why did you bring this man? I don't like movies. <laughs> um, that's a real soul's midnight. So we'll talk about that uh, on upcoming episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, yeah, then we, we're in the de- next day, and Dark's Pandemonium Carnival is in town, and... Everyone's there. Yeah, it's just kind of a normal day. The it entire seems awesome. Town. Yeah, uh, I like this idea. I also have an affection for small towns and small town movies. I think I've brought this up before. So, uh, would I want to live there? No. It's just kind of fun, like, ah, oh, cool, like, I get to live there through this movie for a little bit, so... It's kind of cool that's a small town, and I would assume that a carnival comes through town and is going to stay there for what? Are we also mean like five days a week? I would say like a week, yeah. Yeah, like this would be what everyone's going to be doing the whole time because uh, no one has the internet or television, and uh, based on uh, what I saw, no one is also going to the library, so. <laughs> no, this town does not yeah. read. Yeah, no one. No one <laughs> they were all at the bar, though, so. Yeah. yeah. Well, they did Why note that? also that it's uh, very out of season to oh, have yeah. a carnival at all. Yeah. So the, the town was supposed to be, you know, getting ready to hibernate or something. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. whatever small towns did back then. Yeah, yeah. and all the people <laughs> Mike noted before, uh, they're like very much like pulled into the gravitational pull of this. That Ed, uh, the man who is unfortunately missing limbs, he, he's called to this like mirror house and he... Uh, Oh, you know, he's like, Henry he wins James. a strongman prize and they're like, oh, you get a free ticket to the mirror house. And he goes there and it starts to, you know, bewitch him, beguile him. Uh, and he sees his legs growing back. They're like, no, no, go off. And he somehow has it. And Miss Foley, the teacher who they thought was the most beautiful woman, she, she seems just odd. Uh, she doesn't have anything else different, but she just seems totally out of it. Uh, Charlie, when not Charlie, uh, there, sorry. there was actually a chunk when she walked out, you could see in the reflection of the mirrors, her younger self. Oh, really? Oh, good call, Colin. Yeah. So I guess she's seen herself and you know, that was noted, uh, early on that she's the most beautiful woman and she's clearly not at this point in time. And, you know, there's just mo- dark magic at, at hand and, uh, Will and Jim see her, uh, Will even ask like, oh, is she ill? She just seems like super weird. Uh, the barber uh, is He's getting it, his palm red. Yeah. yeah, that that dude is all about like hooking up with women, and he's like, uh, and the woman's like, oh, you're gonna meet some women. Yeah, you're he's gonna like, slay so many. I bitches. love <laughs> what happens to this guy though. <laughs> it's the greatest. Like, it's the best. <laughs> uh, yeah, the cigar shop owner who was uh, very uh, focused on money and making profits. He wins a raffle. He wins a thousand dollars. Thousand which, bucks. I mean, that's got to be huge at this point in time. That'd yeah. be huge right now. And I, like, I, I, do, I do want to make mention of this cigar guy because he keeps tr- like in the beginning. You they talk about it like he keeps trying to play the lottery to win like this one hundred thousand dollar like big jackpot like they like the Powerball of the nineteen thirties. And the thing he says, he's like, if I win this money, I'm gonna do the exact same thing I'm doing now. But with better cigars, 
Like that yeah. was his dream. That's his dream, buddy. He won a hundred thousand yeah. yeah, he, He's he's living and enhancing his dream. <laughs> he's like instead of selling shitty cigars, I'm gonna sell Cuban cigars. Jeremy, have you ever played a video game where you had a sword plus one? Because <laughs> that's got that guy's trying to plus one his life, and I appreciate that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a plus one lifestyle that I could get behind. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and this dude flips out. I mean, this guy's like, I did it. Uh, I did it with number two. I can't believe it. They're like, oh, man, good good job. Here's a cigar. Yeah, no, get on the Ferris wheel. Uh, and then you get a free ride on the Ferris wheel. And this this beautiful woman's there. And he, he's chatting her up. And she's she's just smiling. He's like, I want this money. I have $1,000. And uh, you, you wouldn't believe it. Oh, my God. And he's like, oh, you're so beautiful. And they're like, oh, okay. And then he goes off and... You're like, ah, oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. everything's going to be fine in a movie called Something Wicked This Way Comes, I'm sure. Um, and then Jim is expi- spying on some exotic dancers through a hole in the wall nice. where you could see it all. Mm-hmm. The old peephole. Yeah. And then I don't know where we got the, the The barber's there. He's far gone. Yeah, he's now seen those women dance. Yeah, well, he's he's in the tent with those, with those ladies. Yeah. yeah. And, and they got the red ring. Yeah, Red Rover, Red Rover, send that dude over. Well, they, this is also where you meet Mister Dark. Yeah, he for the gets first sent time. over uh, to catch the boys. Yeah, we we meet Mister Cougar, who is this very very big man. He's he's the the muscle of the group hired by Mister Dark, and we get to meet Jonathan Price, Mister Dark. He's and he pronounces happy. it Doc, Mister Doc. So, Mike, highlighting that you do not like this film overall, you are in agreement that Mr. Dark is the star of the show? Yeah, well, it's not that I dislike the movie. I just thought it was kind of boring. But yeah, Mr. Dark is cool. Like, he, he shows the boys his sick moving tattoo, which I think is like a Ray Bradbury like staple. Trademark, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh... He offers them free tickets, stay after night. That's come, right. Come yeah. back later. Come back and get, you know. Yeah, because they're spying at this, like, a carousel, and they call it a merry-go-round. I mean, I guess it's that, but it's straight up a carousel. Um, and then uh, they're like, you can't be here right now. Like, you're not supposed to be at this exhibit, but, you know, Mr. Dark is, is interesting. Like, Jonathan Price is by far, like, the star of the show in the, throughout this movie because he's 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 angry at first, but he's like able to temper his anger to bewitch him. Like you could tell that he's like, I'm really pissed off, but you know what? I could just like, like, I don't know, entice these boys. Like I have, there's a better. <laughs> yeah, payoff. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, but you could just tell like in this like demonic charm, it's like, ah, there could be a greater good for me. <laughs> and he doesn't laugh like that, but. Well, he may as well. <laughs> but yeah, so the boys cool. decide they uh, <laughs> the boys decide they want the goo, um, but they don't want to go home, so they they kind of hide out until everyone leaves. You boys come back later for the goo. <laughs> the goo. And these mean. boys have no fear of anything. They're they're like they're in it. They're well, like, hey, this well, thing appeared over like shit. out of nowhere. Espe- That's especially fine. Jim. I'm not worried about I mean, that. Jim's like, oh yeah, man, we're totally coming back. Yeah. And like, in part yeah, of me, I was like. Back. In the 30s, I'd be like, I know, like, what else am I going to do? Sleep? Right, go home and stare at the fireplace or right. whatever people did back then? Like, like they want to wake me up early and do homework? Like, there's a carnival in town. Like, I'm going to write Mima a postcard about this. Like, she's going to be so impressed. I mean, like, it's been a short a short film so far, but there's basically been no consequences to any of their actions. So, correct. let's keep the ball right. rolling. And there really never will be. Nope. Right. And no. just, just remember, 
Jim's biggest deal is his dad's not there and he's going to keep highlighting like he wants to grow up. He wants to grow up. Like, even if he's kind of afraid, he doesn't want to be afraid. It's like very clear, like, ah, it's a child's thing. Like, adults aren't afraid. Uh, adults want to see these women exotically dance. Adults want to do this. My mom doesn't have that. Uh, I could be a better right. person. Like, it's just clearly like dad issues. Yeah. Um, well, which... Counterpointed by Will, who is afraid of everything because his fucking father won't stop talking about death to him. Well, then, he, well, he talks differently. He's like, well, listen to me, little one. He's like, have you read the book about ghoul? <laughs> he has it at the library, ready to check out. I, I have a whole encyclopedia about ghoul that I want you to read. We're going to start with G. You think it's going to be ghoul? It is, it's ghoul. <laughs> that was from the director's cut, I think. Yeah, the go- the that scene was cut. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everyone. That was, I hope that was you... part of the Stephen Stephen King script. <laughs> I hope you eat some candy <laughs> with your with your goo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Think things are happening. <laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff's happening. Well, they, um, they send them off, and also uh, they do spy on the carousel or merry-go-round going round. Uh, and Mr. Cougar backwards, backwards, yeah. yeah, backwards. And Mr. Cougar, who's this giant hulking man, turns into this little child, and he just runs off. Yeah, why does he young turn into a child? I fucking hate this. Well, that's going to yeah, be explained sucks. in a little bit. Yeah, is, is it though? Yeah, I mean, it kind is. Kind of, not really. Because I feel like nothing that so, happens with that child needed that sense. child there to happen. Yeah. So uh, the 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 teacher, she's expecting her nephew to come into town, right. and. Young Coog now uh, is going to take over the part of her nephew. Now, beyond that, everything that happens with the young kid Im- imitating her nephew doesn't make a lick of well, sense. Wait, wait, wait. Let, let, let me go back a little bit. I'm under the impression she was basically hypnotized to think okay. her nephew. Maybe okay. that's or yeah, a but nephew. That's not explained. Yeah, so you're incurring that. Like, she's, yeah, so my thought is she's under a spell okay. that she's like, I have a nephew and this person's coming. So like they implanted that thought to her. Sure. And then this kid shows up. And then what? And it's like, I'm your nephew. Right. And then what? I think this kid is checking in on all the people that they've now like cast a dark spell on. And is basically making sure they are doing what they want in this town. I see. Yeah, that makes sense. And and causing trouble. And yeah, it's not explained. Yeah. I mean, that's totally correct. But I think he's, he's checking in. Uh, on all these people, and he's causing more mischief in town for funsies. Yeah, so he so he turns into the kid. He runs off, and what the, the Will and what's his fuck Nightshade Jim. Yeah, um, they kind of follow him. Is that right? And yeah, go to check yeah. up on so the they're, teacher. They're following him, and, and then they they go to warn her. Like they're like, oh man, yeah. like this kid is not who he says he is. Yeah, and she's like, you stupid fucking kids. Well, well, they're my, like, my little whisperers. <laughs> yeah, well, she, well, they were like, they're like, oh, we just wanted to check in on you, and she's like, that's so sweet. She's like, ah, oh, my nephew's here, and then they spy on him, and the nephew comes in and does this insane slow walk towards him. I thought, that yeah. was creepy. I thought that was creepy. <laughs> that, as hell. that was creepy. Yeah, and then takes and a brick and th- or a big rock and throws it through a window, right, and, and just he- gives him the finger and runs away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like fucking Quimby. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice try, fucking nerds. <laughs> yeah. And then the woman's like, "I know it was you, you kids." Yeah. She thinks it was Will and. Jim. Jim. And then they run off. And then they run off. Which they should. Yeah. And then she looks in the mirror and she starts turning hot. Yeah. But oh no, she's also blind. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. Monkey paw thing is cool. 
Yeah. You didn't like that at all? I, man, I, I like that. Like, I don't know. Maybe because I've seen like 8 million things that are the same story. Like the episode of Rick and Morty that is this movie is better than this movie for me. That's crazy. That's craziness. But like, yeah, like everyone gets what they want, but like the consequences, they can't appreciate it. Well, actually thinking about it now, who, what were the other consequences? That's what I don't well, understand. We, we yeah. don't know because we never saw those people. <laughs> well, so the other, wow. the other consequence, well, you'll find out what the bartender's consequence is later in the movie, but the guy, the gambler guy, we have no idea. He just yeah, disappears he just, from just the disappears Ferris wheel and yeah. he is gone. Yeah. So like the consequence for him being like greedy is like, yeah, you're just going to disappear. We don't know how to do that. Yeah, well, I'm <laughs> assuming like, people are eating, eating and taking souls on all of this. Right. But yeah, so she turns blonde. Does she die or does she just like lay on the floor and cries about it? And then we don't see yeah, her. Yeah, she cries about we it. See, we see she's her upset. later though. Is she yeah. hot still or do we see her when she's at the teacher? No, she's still She's hot. still young and, okay. and, and blind later in the movie. Some of these people we do see. Later oh, like on. when they're all like zombified. Yeah, yeah. And, but some people, you know, the gambler we never see again. Um, the guy who loved women, the barber, he is just like consumed. He's the bearded him. lady now. Yeah, he's the bearded oh, that's lady. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's turned in. So yeah, maybe we're just supposed to be under the assumption that they are all turning into like the carnival folk. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you just got to do it. I think the beard. I think the the bearded lady guy. though, like his consequence is like, hey. I wish I like I love women like we'll give you a set of titties that you can feel all the time. Yeah. And he's like, that sounds great. You think you still <laughs> they put them right on? Him. <laughs> um, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. We'll have to ask him because that would be when like if you're really that much of a, of a poon hound, if you're like, man, I got some titties, but I also got this wiener I can play with. <laughs> you know you could really spend they don't have tv or anything he could occupy a lot of his nights like that well we, there's a lot of missed opportunities for quotes on shirts on that one. <laughs> yeah so i already made the halloween shirts sorry that could be the christmas shirt that could be the okay. present that, that's the, we could uh we could have like holiday cards isn't that one of the options we could have holiday cards and just send it out with those quotes yeah, okay yeah that's the merch you buy for your parents and your children nice <laughs> <laughs> well we get we get to the night again and man jim is just sneaking right out and will follows him jim you're ditching me he's he says that later throughout the film so many times you're ditching me you're ditching me and it's straight up revealed that we've seen the merry-go-round go backwards so we know an older person could turn young well jim straight up wants to to go forwards so a younger person could go and change into i want to be big uh version of mm -hmm. what he wants and yeah no, did you skip over the uh, the picnic at the Indigo River? Story? Oh, did they because talk that about comes... that already? Yeah, they yeah, talked about it a that... Oh, yeah, someone should say that if I skipped over it. That Charlie, the dad, does finally talk to uh, Will about this memory. He's four years old, uh, and you guys could talk about it at the Indigo River. Yeah, so they were having a fucking picnic or something, and, and Will was got swept up by the river. And yeah. Charlie? Charlie? Yeah, the yeah. dad. Yeah. Because he's such an old piece of shit, he he couldn't he couldn't muster the like the bravery well, to jump in and save him. No, it was because yeah, because he doesn't know how to swim. Because his dad never taught yeah. like thought it was like wrong to teach people how to swim, which yeah. is a ridiculous. So which is nobody ridiculous. nobody here knows how to swim. Well, one person does. Yeah, well, old man Nightshade knows how to swim. Yeah, Harry, Harry, Harry Nightshade, who's <laughs> who's on the other side of the river. Great name. Yeah, right. 
uh, dicking around or whatever, and he jumps in and he saves him. Honestly, I think if I was a parent and my child was drowning in a river, I'd give it a go. Thrash around a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, any parent would. Any yeah. parent would. Yeah. Yeah, just give it give it a shot, maybe. It didn't look that deep. You probably could have just walked out there. Get, get like a stick or something. I don't know. Throw the picnic basket at him for buoyancy. Yeah. I don't know. So, but the important part of that is that he's not, it kind of reveals that he's not just griping about being an old man. It's more that he's griping about not being able to save his son. Yeah. Because of, you know, the times when he was a kid, he should have been able to learn. I mean, son. straight up later, they're like, you are ashamed of yourself. This is your regret. Like they yep. use try like a mental manipulation against yeah. this guy. Like yeah. these are his darkest memories that yep. this guy contains in his life. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of big. Yep. Yeah, yeah, big big stuff. But yeah, they go back to the, these kids go back to the carnival. Sorry if I skipped that over. And uh, lightning, I guess, is coming. And how do we know? Because Tom the Drifter is held captive in a chair. Yeah, they want to know when the storm's coming. Because I guess I don't remember when they said it, but like lightning reveals I don't evil, understand lightning and reveals rain evil, washes yeah. it away. So like when the storm comes, they all get they have to leave or whatever. I would do I would do the movie Kingpin anytime. Okay. And anytime I think of a storm, I just think of Randy Quaid yelling, a shit cloud's coming, everybody. <laughs> Ron, there's a shit cloud. There's like some Mr. Leahy shit going on here. <laughs> Maybe. The shit storm, the, the shit birds <laughs> flying around. So many shit birds flying around. Yeah. That's that's why they want to get out of there. They want That's the evil. That yeah, no one wants to be there when the shit bird shows up. Yeah, so this, this, this woman, uh, the evil woman, uh, Tom's bride, apparently, this is how they're trying to... Uh, entice him appears and then just they electrocute the hell out of poor tom all throughout this yeah, yeah. i feel bad for tom tom is lightning guy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he's wrong, gonna be okay though wrong, wrong town for this dude maybe he's gonna be okay i yeah, have no he's, idea he's fine but yeah uh mr dark is just kind of pissed at this point in time and he's like just straight up to the witch he's like hunt them down and bring them back to me and then this green mist just starts filling out through this field. And Colin, you said you like the green mist, the green cloud. Yeah. Yeah. Any reason, <laughs> any reason why? Yeah. No, it was just like of all the effects, like, I don't know, the uh, the stuff around the, uh, what was her name? The dust witch. Yeah. The mm-hmm. dust witch. The, the, like the red ring, the green fog, the clouds. I think lightning was really the worst effect. Everything else yeah. was actually kind of okay. Of yeah. all the effects, did you like Rex in effect? And did you ever think to yourself, all I want to do is with a zoom, 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 and a boom, boom? <laughs> um, I didn't think that, but maybe I will start. Okay. Yeah, you will, you will now. <laughs> Just shake your arm. All right. Just shake your arm. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the mist is going around, and... Uh, the boys are like, hey, we're just going to go to sleep. And uh, the mom, I think there's one of the, one of the mom lines uh, to uh, Will. He's like, you're home late, go to bed. <laughs> so is this boys, where she's yeah. dancing with some rando? No, no, Will, Will, that was, Will, that was oh, way Will earlier oh, Will, okay. in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other mom's dancing. Yeah, with it doesn't mom. fucking matter. And then the mist surrounds them, and I remember this movie uh, pretty much overall since I was a kid. Uh, this is absolutely the most terrifying scene for me when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. I fucking five. hate when you were spiders, kid, dude. For na- for me now, it was pretty rough. Yeah, Here's the thing, yeah, though. yeah, yeah. This that is like lightning the- rod. Did that lightning rod do anything? Yes. To help yeah. these kids. Yes. What did it do? So wait, 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 let's go through the scene yeah. and then we'll talk about it. So, okay. So yes, I'm glad Mike, at least for you now, that you're like, at least this scene is just like a effing nightmare come true. 
So all of a sudden, you know, this green mist is surrounding the houses. Remember, Jim and Will are neighbors. So it's basically surrounding both of their houses. And the mist comes in. And you could tell the mist is getting closer to the lightning rod. And the lightning rod is kind of keeping it at bay. Just like inches, like zzz, zzz, like, a, like a bug zapper. Mm-hmm. So uh, all of a sudden, uh, Will wakes up and is like, I don't know what's going on. And kind of freaks out. And Jim's like, get into my house. <laughs> yeah, come over uh, here. All right. I mean, they're, they were considered later on, like all throughout out this, like they're blood brothers. They're best friends. Like they're freaking out. And they also have seen things that clearly parents aren't believing them about. So kind of like Stephen King, it style. I kind of get it, whatever. So the mist is like somehow penetrating their house. And then the ceiling starts opening up in Jim's house caves open or caves in a little bit and tarantulas everywhere. A shit ton of them. Like, again, I watched this movie four or five years of age everywhere. It's it's worth noting also, they used like a thousand real tarantulas. Yeah, like there is a There was no special effect. They used like six tarantulas and they used stuffed animal tarantulas that don't move at all. Oh, really? Yeah. It looked like a lot of real tarantulas. Was that yeah, the I trivia? Because I was going to say, because I was like, guys, if that's, that's true, there's like like actively like people stepping on them scenes. I was I'm pretty like, sure they killed a bunch of tarantulas. I was like, I don't I don't think that you could you could pass that off. Um, like, yeah, I definitely like went back to rewatch some of this, but in some of like the, the scenes where they kind of zoom in and there's maybe 20 or something on the screen. Only like six of them are moving. The other ones are just like, huh, okay. but they are, they are every, there, there is a scene. They open a door and there is just probably oh, yeah. know, like 50 on a wall. I'm like, I just like, I, I could tell you that this scene kind of traumatized me a little bit, but enough to later in life be like, I'm so curious. I love horror movies. I loved being freaked out like this. Like this would be a scene to be like, this is my origin story of why I like horror movies because it made me jump and I had a good time. But yeah. this is just a freaking nightmare. It's pretty so, rough. So there is a storm that comes through, Jeremy. And so it's kind of like, it's almost like a video game. You could see the lightning rod charge up a little bit and then lightning strikes it. It's it, it basically, like, I don't know what is fully happening, but it's this. Lightning strikes the rod and both the boys wake up immediately. They wake up in separate beds. They're in <laughs> their original houses. I also note, I remember the scene. Uh, I don't know why, but both of the boys in the camera shot look like three or four years older than when so, they started in the movie. There's a, there's a trivia about this whole scene. So this whole scene with the spiders was filmed, and it, there was a totally different play out. Disney didn't like the way that it looked and they went back like a year and a half after the original scene was filmed and filmed it again. And the boys were noticeable. I'm so happy that they had gone through puberty. Yes. And their voices are deeper. (laughs) I I have recognized this all throughout my, like my childhood until now, because they both actively look older Will yeah. has like a clearly different haircut. It, like, I thank God, thank Jeremy. I'm so glad you're <laughs> telling me that because, like, I've always been like, this is weird. Like, there's this is a weird scene. There's a scene in The Outsiders at the end too. That if we ever did this movie, that I'm like, it's another scene from my childhood. I'm like, the camera work is just a thousand percent different. It's so bizarrely weird, and it's just like as a kid, I was like, this doesn't look right, and I feel weird. And this is one of these scenes. I'm like. Why are the kids older now? Like, was that part of a spell? No, Jeremy. Jeremy demystified it for me. They did it. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, so they just wake up. So, 
Uh, I don't know how much more damage that mist could have done. Like, I don't know what was going on. Like, maybe they would have done something, like, horrific to themselves or to others. Maybe they were, like, under a spell. But, like, whatever it is, that lightning uh, hits and uh, the mist is just zapped out. Like, that's gone. Um, and they've noted before, lightning is their weakness. I wouldn't be telling that to people at any point in time. No, they advertise it yeah. quite a bit. No, they yeah, they really do. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what happens next. Well, oh, it's just the parade. parade. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the fucking parade. They they fail, they fail at getting those boys. So the next day, <laughs> yeah. there's a parade, and the carnival comes through. They should have hired some priests. And Will again. Will is like, oh, let's go hang out. I love this carnival. I'm like, damn, Will, why do you still love this carnival? And like, you know, the members of this carnival are trying to kill you, right? Right. And uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> that's that's Jim. Jim loves the carnival. Yeah. And Will's like, no man. Will doesn't like, fucking like anything. Like, yeah. Will's like, like there's, there's a this there's parade a search party. is like they're searching for us. That's yeah. why this whole parade exists. They're looking for us. Right. And so they they hide up. They call home, or uh, Will calls home Charlie uh, Jer- uh, Robards, and he's like, you know, they're after us. And he's like, if they're after you, come home. And he's like, I can't. And immediately just like lets it go. So I like that Charlie, this is where Charlie actually starts to shine for me. There's two scenes that I like. Uh, Jeremy Robart, is Jeremy? Jason. Jason, yes. Jason. So Robart's here's, uh, before you get into this though, I want to like, the dad, his whole thing is like, he regrets not like being there for his son during that drowning. But throughout the whole movie, <laughs> he just completely dismisses his son at all times. Like, hey dad. You want to come upstairs with me? Like, nah, I'm going to stay out here and smoke my cigar and yeah. drink my whiskey. Like, and then like, and now he's finally like, oh, okay. Okay. Well, maybe there is something going something, but yeah, for like the whole first part of this movie, the dad has completely dismissed his son, even though he regrets that he's still dismissing his son the whole time until right around now. It's probably like a thirties mentality too. I mean, just that's true. I mean, and I, I keep forgetting that. Yeah. This yeah, is the thirties. Yeah. I mean, I just I don't feel you'd be like father, son, chummy like that. Probably I know. Be like more I know. Rarity. Yeah. yeah. I kind of thought the, um, so some of the dismissiveness up, up at the very front end of the movie was him not like trying to build up the courage to talk about the day. And then afterward, they kind of talk about the day, um, the scene that you were mentioning where they're like, oh, come up, come up the ladder. He's like a 70 year old man. So we, the, hey, oh, get I'm your ass gonna... up that fucking ladder, yeah. dude. <laughs> that was more of a, a polite way to decline uh, dying himself. So I, I think that he was, he's doing the best he could, I think. Yeah. Well, he starts doing a little bit better. He so he's at the car. He's at the parade now. Yeah, after this call, he's yeah. like, "I'm going to go check this out. This is not right." When he, it counts, he shows up. Yeah, and he's standing on a grate, and the kids are hi- hiding in the sewer beneath. Well, it. well no, no, and, no, no, Mister Dark. Oh yes. Well, no, also no. like he he helps himself to a cigar. He's like, oh, "I'll take one of these." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Put it on my tab. Yeah. So the clown gives Jim's mom a pass. And then, like, he's clearly bewitching, like, all parents and stuff like that. And then, yeah, Jim and Will are in the sewer, and a dog almost gives them away, and then they give, like, a little treat. But really, uh, before that great scene, Mike, uh, yes, uh, Charlie, Will's dad, walks into the bar. Uh, They're looking at the cash register, and there's the doctor there, you know, who prescribes only one cigar a day, as doctors are ordered. And... um, uh, they're like, you know, the, the bartender has never left. This is so unlike him. And Mr. Dark comes in and he starts having a conversation with J- uh, Jason Robards. And the doctor is like, I'm looking for these kids. 
They're like, oh, like, what do, what do these kids do? And he's like, oh, my God, they didn't do anything. They've won a prize. And these lovely chaps, I just want to see them. And everything's great. And Jason Robards just bolts out the door. And then he's on the steward grate. And then he sees the kids. And he starts talking to them. And Mr. Dark comes out. And this scene, I very much like. Because they get to know each this other is a, a good little scene. more. Um, yeah, this is where I think both of them are very good actors. Um Jason Robards doesn't say much, but they're basically highlighting uh, each other to each other that, you know, I don't really like you and I don't trust you. So Mr. Dark comes out and he says, you know, uh, I think, you know, these boys, maybe you could help me further. And he says, uh, oh, yeah, the one you're looking for is Milton Blumquist. (laughs) Great, great name. (laughs) Yeah. And then he says something else like Johnson. But yeah, Milton Blumquist, I noted. And uh, Mr. Dark's like, okay, yeah, that's super cool. You know what, jackass? I know their names. Right. I because, drew them on my hands. Yeah. So yeah, he's showing them like images, and he's like, Mrs. Foley, she gave them up. I asked for their names. I just need to know where they live. And I think you know something about this. Then he gets into this whole thing. He's like, ah, so like, why don't you tell me your name? He's like, I'm Charlie Halloway. He's like, oh, the town's librarian. So like, uh. You live yourself in other men's dreams like you're nothing and you are a fantasy believer. And he's like, yeah, sometimes you learn more from those dreams. And they're having this like intellectual showdown. And I kind of like it. Um, I think this is one of the best scenes of the movie. There is another that I think is very good. But I I like this. Mike, you did not. Which is kind of a similar scene. Yeah. Fine, I guess. (laughs) Well, Mr. Dark is super pissed and then gets up with his Batman clown posse. And then they walk off in a funeral-like procession, which I thought was kind of nice. Yeah. Um, and then the dad tells the boys through the grate to come to the library tonight, and then like he touches hands with Will, and they are bonded forever now. They... <laughs> when we're at the library, we learn from Jason Robards' dad's diary that uh, in October 1891... Uh, it was autumn, and this carnival arrived. And this is very Stephen King uh, it for me, where this carnival or this clown or whatever keeps coming. And so uh, these autumn people were there, and it was noted in this diary that uh, people's wishes are being granted, and people are disappearing, or things are just happening. And uh, even the old people in 1891 said, we remember this carnival coming through. Like So that's like super bizarre and weird. And then uh, appears Mr. Dark. Uh, We don't see him at first, but uh, back and forth, they're sharing some Shakespearean dialogue from Macbeth. We learn something was wicked this way comes, as said by the witches in Macbeth. And uh, Mr. Dark is looking for Will and uh, Jim. I like this scene. Where they're hiding in the bookshelf? Yeah. Yeah. I I think... Peeking out. I, th- I think this is the best scene in the entire film. And this is where I, I, I said uh, Jason Robards and Jonathan Price. Uh, this, for me, is the best of both of them. And the, so overall in this movie, I would say Jonathan Price totally wins, hands down. But in this scene, I think they're totally equals. And funny enough, I don't really feel Jason Robards says too much. It's just kind of his like facial acting. It's his body movements. Um And so basically what he highlights is uh, he's yelling out to Jim, which is kind of interesting. Jim has been fearless. He's like, "Uh, I could be the father that you've been looking for. And you and I could co-run the galaxy. (laughs) Yeah, they want to be. He wants to be like 
He wants to be dark bigger. and nightshade. We could the names make sense. Yeah. We could run the carnival together. It was kismet. It was great. Yeah. Was it, yeah. What was the name of the carnival? Was it Dark and Nightshade Pandemonium Carnival? Something yeah, he even like flipped that. it. He's yeah. like, Dark and Night. Or, yeah, Dark and Nightshade. Nightshade and Dark. It could be whatever you want, bro. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to be your daddy. <laughs> and then <laughs> Charlie's like, I know who you are. You're like part of these autumn people. And he's like, ah, your dad, the preacher, told you that? Like, read a book. And then he picks up his dad's diary. And this, this for me, this scene is the best. He's like, tell me where your son is. Tell me where your son is. Tell me where his friend is. And I will grant you exactly what you want. He's like, you're a feeble old man. Mike said that he's been complaining the whole film. He has been. And Mr. Dark absolutely knows it. And he's like, you tell me where they are and I will turn back the clock for you. And he starts pretty early. He's like at 30. He's like, you know, how about I start you back at 30 years old? You know, you basically could restart your life. You would have your money that you have now, your property, you know, your son's there. Uh, but I'm going to kind of take him away. But everything else you could start. And then he rips out a page and he's like, how about 31, 32? And then he gets to 35. Then Mr. Dark gets super pissed off and he starts just ripping out pages He's like, how about 40? You know, 40, it's getting a little too late, a little too late to have a kid. How about 42? Just start skipping through. And then he just starts y- yanking it out. And then he yanks it. Yanks What's he it. He's yanking it out? Hey, just, oh. And then he gets to 52 <laughs> and just throws the whole diary right at Jason Robards. Yeah, he's angry. Um, and Jason Robards, I feel, again, so going through the scene, as uh, Mr. Dark is like, you know, I'm going to be nice. I'm not going to be nice. I'm angry. I'm furious. You piece of shit. Take my offer. The whole time, Jason Robards, one, it is abundantly clear, is never going to sell his son out. Like, not at 30, not at 40. There's never a thought in my mind that he would ever sell him out. But he does look sad. He looks sad that he might have had the opportunity. He looks sad that this offer is on the table. But it is so clear that he's like, I'm not going to take it. And he doesn't say much. But then he's basically just looking at Mr. Dark like, you're a pathetic piece of shit. Like, if you ever thought I took that, like, Jeremy, we're both parents. Like, can you imagine, like, I'll give you more years on your life. Like, sell me your, like, kid. Like, not a chance in hell. Like, I can't imagine. There's a chance it's going to be a better kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I'll take that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'd, I'd have gone back. Yeah. Yeah. Happy Halloween, everybody. Cooler kid, better wife. Start over. <laughs> yeah, but he does not take it. Learn no, he doesn't. Learn how to swim. Yeah. Yeah. Learn how to swim. I mean, come on. God damn it. It's like a tool song. <laughs> I just, I can't imagine a religion that's like, you should not teach people how to swim. Like, that seems ridiculous. Like, well, at some point, you're going to encounter water. Well, that's true. Well, so. Mr. Dark, after all of this, uh, basically renders Charlie kind of disabled. Like is he it almost like he seems... fucks his hand up or something. Yeah, this is super yeah, he dark. crushes it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, it's really bizarre. I don't think I know fully what happens. And this scene also kind of haunted me as a kid. He picks up his hand and he's like, "You're basically paralyzed." And he picks it up. He's like, "I'm gonna give you a little taste of death." And he. If I almost feel like he gives him instant arthritis at first, like he is just like, but it's like hands splits open. It's yeah. Like, yeah. It's like at first and then it's just like burst open and like really awful. And then later before he leaves, uh, 
No, but you got to remember, dude, these things like like Mr. Dark and like the Dirt Witch and like and I got to be honest, I don't know where these little midgets fit in, but they're running around too. like they absorb people's pain and like their insecurities, like that's what they're feeding off of. So I think that's why he was like trying to give him as much pain as he could to like make himself stronger. That makes sense. It looked really painful. And if I had split hands like that, we need another blank sponsor. Yeah, you're so, going to get some, I mean, you need some lotion. We've told you drink, <laughs> dr- drink fiction beer. Uh, fiction is awesome. Now who's going to do your hands? It's going to need be like a CBD, a uh, lotion company nice. to come in now. Like, yeah. Are your hands split? Try dark CBD. <laughs> CBD hand cream. I may have split it, but I could mend it. Um, but yeah, Dark grabs uh, Charlie, uh, or not Charlie, uh, Will and Jim. And then as he rolls out, he's like, he tells uh, Dust Witch, give him another taste of death. And it looks like she gives him basically like a heart attack. Like, sort of. Like, don't kill him, but kind of render him useless. And he kind of has like a weird heart attack. Yeah, he he tells her to like make his heart stop for like a second. Yeah, yeah. It looks so it super just, haunting. It just like slows down, and he kind of dies a little bit. Yeah, but he's fine. Yeah, he's fine. He's good. But the battle of wits in the library again. My 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 favorite. Um, yeah, I thought that was really good. But yeah, uh, Charlie comes too eventually, and he runs to the fairgrounds, and he's like, "I'm just gonna run and deal with this." And he sees, I believe, Jim's mom. Yeah, and Jim's mom like, oh, I got this ticket. I'm waiting for a guy. Yeah, like Mrs. Nightshade. It is three o'clock. <laughs> She's in the waiting for Harry. Yeah, could you yeah. go the fuck home? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that gets that gets that gets kind of weird. And then there's a big fog rolling in, and Charlie goes into the House of Mirrors, and the fog kind of consumes him. And he is shown basically like a slideshow of how all the townsfolk has fared. Like, ah, uh, they got all their wishes, and uh, you know. I could offer still kind of you this wish and lots of terrible things like you're a failure of a father and of a man and your son hates you. And these are like direct quotes and, you know, uh, you're going to drown in your own regrets. It's re- it's really nice. It's like a poem. It's like a Joy Division <laughs> yeah, song. Yeah, it's a Hallmark Happy moment. Halloween. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but then you hear through all the awfulness, like, Daddy... I, daddy, I love you. Da-da. <laughs> <laughs> da, yeah. And it, it's, it's love. Love. Da-da. It, it solves everything. Da-da. <laughs> and it breaks the house what? of mirrors, and it breaks the spell. What? So I think well, yeah. Because is... love is the opposite of pain, so that's like their weakness. Well, yeah. And isn't it, isn't it su- like super on the nose? Like, So he punches through a mirror, but the mirror was showing the scene of him not rescuing his kid at correct. the picnic. That is correct. So it's I'd, like, I'd punch that too. Yeah. It's, but it's Screw like that dream. The Screw most on the nose scene mm-hmm. in this entire movie, which is pretty good. Oh, it wasn't symbolic. It was just like a man just punching a mirror. <laughs> Yeah, it was just face value. Oh, okay. It was just a man. It was a man. Just a coked of, up old man. Punched <laughs> in the air. It, was, it was a man just full of rage. Yeah. And you know he's coked up. I mean, back in the 30s, that's what was in Coca Cola, man. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. One second. Like, do you think the dust witch is in a metaphor? They were doing, <laughs> they were, they were doing bumps of dust witch in the bathroom all night long. Ooh, who's hanging out in the library at three in the morning? You, everyone doing yeah. some dust witch. It's like, oh, you got a bum heart. Here's some coke. That's not going to mess with and ar- give you an arrhythmia or anything. No, it's totally fine. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. You mean dust witch, correct? <laughs> <laughs> and we've also been brought to you by dust witch. 
but yeah, he he comes too, and he he punch, he hates that mirror so much. Um, yeah, I mean that was not sold by Restoration Hardware, but it could have been. It could have been. Right. <laughs> not they're not one of our sponsors, and he's so angry about that. And you hear da 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 da, like he's in like some weird cave in the Neverending Story. Um, Dark is still trying to get Jim on his side during this, which is kind of interesting. So it's kind of like Charlie's in his own mental battle when he's there with his son, Will. Um, but yeah, Jim is totally bewitched. And then when Will is kind of like with his dad again, he's like, don't ditch me like mentally. And then lightning strikes dark, uh, and the carousel starts and dark is not doing well. No, he gets real old and nasty. Yeah. Because the carousel's moving forward. Yeah. So yeah, well, yeah, he's like hyper aging. Then I think his yeah. legs fall off. He gets real old and nasty <laughs> is one of my eighties uh, hip hop songs that I, I'll share with you <laughs> okay. later. Oh, also the lightning rod guy escapes from his little torture chair and stabs the fuck yeah, out of throw- uh, yeah. out of Dust Bitch. That reminded me I mean this movie, you know, predates it, but that reminded me of Robin Hood, you know, Prince of Thieves. Mm-hmm. You remember he just like runs in and like throws an axe at the witch? No one's seen this movie. Prince, no, I have. Yeah, I don't remember that, but I, I believe. What it. movie are you talking about? <laughs> Robin Hood, <laughs> Prince of Thieves, Morgan Freeman. Oh, Kevin Costner. Yeah, Kevin Morgan Freeman is yeah. like bounds him, and he's like, "If I had visions, like I'll kill a witch." Like he says this. Oh yeah, he comes movie. busting through that door at the end. Yeah, just like this. Mm-hmm. So I got to do it. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. There dude. you go, dude. Every <laughs> movie from '83 on has stole something from something wicked this way yes yeah, so t- tom comes too and he just stabs the hell out of this witch and it it's like it's like he's charged it up he's got the master sword because this like the lightning rods like still like sparking with lightning and he just stabs it right into the center of uh the, the dust witch yeah and he breaks his cooking <laughs> <laughs> the end you know and this is a story about redemption and uh and leaving cocaine behind. <laughs> and Tom's inexplicable immunity to lightning. My God, this whole movie is like an analogy now that I think about it. Like, you know, the drug dealer in the 30s comes rolling in town. He offers you Dust Witch. Everyone's hopped up on Dust Witch because what the hell are you going to do in the 30s? Like, cry about it? Like, your family, we owns, should... your family owns five books, Christ's sake. <laughs> You've read them. We That's should get bad. like some uh, some lady to do a seance and bring back Ray Bradbury and ask him about like, hey, was this like a old th- metaphor you're, you're, for like you know, drugs and shit? And he's like, yeah, dude, fuck yeah. Here's a really <laughs> funny thing that you're saying, Jeremy. I thought about maybe looking up a psychic that we could do on Zoom that while you're here, maybe <laughs> that would be how we open the Halloween episode that we get a psychic reading. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know how that would work out. Well, I mean, Mike is with his "Oh my god!" already makes me think he's a hundred percent in. And she's like, "The curve, the curve. Be warned of the curve." <laughs> like you're too late on that one, bitch. Yeah. Well, Jim wakes up. He's not dead. He's good. Nah, he's fine. <laughs> Their friendship brought him back to life. Well, as one does, you don't ditch someone, mm-hmm. and that's how you do it. Dark gets real crispy. He, he's fried on the carousel. Yeah, no, he's fucked up. And he's like, no. And then his like little person Doesn't, yeah. him, like carries him off. Yeah, he just picks him up. That's that's what I should have referred. Yeah, little he's, perp- little people. He's like, ah, oh, my bones. I'll chew on them later. Bah. 
I bet he's yeah. Just what are they going to do with that guy? He'll just bring him back later, and let's go backwards. <laughs> He'll be yeah. fine. Damn right. Good call, Colin. <laughs> they didn't destroy the carousel or anything with the carnival. <laughs> you don't think this is the first time this happened? This happens well, every time they come into this goddamn town. He's like, God damn. Storms. If they kept reading the, the diary, it would have been in there. He's like, I should have come in. Kept some of those pages for myself. <laughs> you know, like they take a train in, but then they go out by tornado. That's all I Hogwarts. Would, that's all Hogwarts. Yeah. Hogwarts I would just works. take the train back out. I, yeah. Okay. So yeah, Dark's dead, and then they kind of all run outside. So Charlie, Jim, and Will are all okay. And yeah, a tornado's out. It reminds me of the end of Crawl. That's how like they defeat the beast, and it just tornadoes out. I'm like, oh man, you could have had the glaive the whole time. It just tornadoes out. But yeah, they. Uh, <laughs> Walk into town and the narrator comes back. Like Mike, as Mike loves the Mike, I feel overdub narration is my saxophone. That's mm-hmm. that's the equivalent. I don't mind uh, overdub narration. This one is kind of weird. I think it's just because it's so fleeting. It's at the beginning and then it's like one more twelve minutes in and now it's back and I'm like, whoa, narrator. He's like, ah, you know, we got into town and everything was great for my father. You know, being old was all right now. He had freed himself from the shadows and liberated our town. He made a memory that everyone would have forever. And I thought, I was like, that was cool. He's like, a memory that everyone would have forever where sons tell sons of a father or fathers they loved. I, I like the kind of end narration. I just, it's just not fitting because like the narration comes and goes, um, but that seems like probably a direct line from the book. It's very like well-written. I, I thought that was a kind of a nice way. But I mean, also, I kind of thought like, this is crazy because, yeah, he liberated this town, but like this carnival's gone. Like, what's what's the next day like? Like, where's my uncle? Yeah, are these people what? actually, are they still dead? Are they gone? Oh, they're super dead, Mike. Okay. Like, I assume they are super dead. So he saved the town <laughs> except for all the people that died. So it, not a lot of people. Did he really save the town, though, or was it mostly a fluke? It was. He li- saved himself. It was yeah. liberated. Liberated. Okay. Okay. I just wasn't super sure because it seemed like it was all it's a stroke not of luck. Explained really. And then, uh, like, did he save the town? Are the people all dead? Because the town's completely empty when they get back. Well, well I mean, I- this happens from time to time, according to that that diary. No, but they leave. They leave like. So these people come That's in between the like, storms. They just come and go. Like it's right. been, the town's been doing all right. Yeah, They're, they leave enough people to write diaries about it. Okay, so this is my thought. <laughs> dark, dark highlights. He's afraid of these lightning storms, mm-hmm. and he comes in between them. So I feel like almost like another character. The storm is actively hunting Dark's carnival, but can never really come close enough. But like it never stops hunting this carnival. Mm-hmm. With these, but did it get it this time? Yes, Mm because with the lightning rods, at least they got dark. Is the question like, like, uh, could could dark come back? Could this carnival still exist? Unknown. Uh, but taking it that his body at the end, well, that my who the hell knows with that? There's a lot of questions, ribs. Mm. Yeah, there there, there are a lot of questions. Try Doc's barbecue sauce made with Doc's real rib juice. (laughs) (laughs) You can taste the wish fulfillment. (laughs) Um. I don't. I, I. I have no idea. But I, I assume now, like believing in love and lightning rods and trusting people and the timing. It, yes, it's a fluke, but it's like a timing built on trust, friendship, and love that all comes together. And the storm's like, yes, <laughs> I can now lightning charge. And then they kill. It directly kills Dark. Um, sort of. We think. Um, <laughs> Colin said, like that guy's coming right back. But who knows? I do like the, the like the ending words. Um, 
But yeah, I, the the truth of the matter would be the next day would be all right. Like the town's not like under the spell anymore, but like key members are just gone, and people are like, "Well, what?" Like I saw some things. Like it's cool. Don't worry about it. What? And then they move on. None of that is explained because the credits immediately come up and the movie's over. Yeah, I mean, we're also... Left, we're also, left with a lot of questions. I mean, also note, like, those wouldn't be the N-words of my autobiographical book. Um, mine would be like, yo, dude, that shit was crazy. <laughs> that was the weirdest Halloween I have ever had in my life. Like, I have been going to therapy for years after. Uh, this is my other story. It wouldn't be like, my dad was happy. And that was the autumn I loved. I mean, but yeah, ah, uh, yeah. Well, before we, we give you a final <laughs> examination of all these things, as always, reach out to us, Rabbit Troop Sucks Podcast at gmail.com or rabbitroopsucks.com. Go see that new merch. Are you into a new skateboard? Do you want Halloween gear? Well, you could get that Halloween gear or a throw blanket or a mouse pad or I don't know. What is your wish? Because for a few years of your life, you could have that mouse pad. <laughs> or hit us up on Instagram or Facebook. Hope if you buy in. the mouse pad, it'll be sweet for a second, but then you'll get carpal tunnel real bad. Ooh. I feel like I'm kind of getting that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know what it is. Think about I've never the, had it. Think about the things. If you <clears throat> bought 50 mouse pads, the things, you could do, <laughs> the things you could do, Mike, on your complimentary Rabbit Troop Sucks throw blanket. Mm -hmm. I mean, again... Thank you for buying that merch for 10K. Mm -hmm. um, what you have discussed after after recording hours is up to you. I'm going to soundproof my office with Rabbit Troop Sucks mouse pads. I, yeah. I would appreciate that. <laughs> that's that. <laughs> You would. Yeah. That'd be a lot of, that'd be a shit ton of mouse pads. Sure. I, 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 all I want is the uh, video of your wife walking into the room <laughs> and, uh, after it's complete, after the full construction of that, uh, that room. But, uh, yeah, we're halfway through Halloween, uh, month so i truly love the fall season uh well, let's go with it uh mike i'm totally opening with you something wicked this way comes what you got a problem with ray bradbury <laughs> I, I mean apparently because i thought the pros in this sucked um i don't know you you mentioned you like small towns i i don't like the small town movie thing is not for me this just felt like a shitty norman rockwell painting that was also a half-baked horror movie i guess I don't think the kids were good enough actors to be the stars of this. I just thought it was boring. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure I did see this when I was a kid, but I don't really remember it. I don't know. It just wasn't for me. Jeremy, what are you thinking? Yeah, so I liked this movie uh, when I was a kid. I liked it all right now, but it's too... I like the... Uh, like the, It could have been... If they had like the budget and the special special effects technology and made it longer and fleshed out some of the characters more, I feel like it could have been better because I did like the movie Needful Things by Stephen King because it did all of those things, but still wrapped around the same premise as this. Um, but I think it was a valiant effort by Disney to go down a darker genre back in the early days. And um, yeah, I mean, it's an okay movie. It entertained me. What, what are you thinking, Colin? Um, first off, Mike, you were totally right. It is a rare month for boys. I know. 
<laughs> I knew you guys were just arguing. <laughs> I didn't know. I said either or. That that yeah. was that was our that was the title of the album. I'm usually so good about writing down the direct quotes, so it was it was weird to miss that. Um, I think the thing that this movie really excels at is um, building tension, um, and I think that's maybe one of the reasons why it's kind of difficult to pinpoint why we still like it, even though it's not that strong of a movie. Um, I, I I think that was the thing that I. I really was able to connect to this time that really made me uh, bring bring back a lot of the the childhood nostalgia of um, you know feeling kind of scared even though you know my adult movie watching brain realized that there's not a lot going on here that's great um, so I still love it. So we got a, we got we got some back and forth. I also you know just want to note I am a little back and forth with this movie. It does definitely help that I have seen this movie before and clearly grew up with it. I cannot doubt like or like not deny I should say the nostalgic value I have for certain parts. So going through uh, this movie, the pros definitely outweigh the cons for me. So thinking about uh, Jonathan Price all throughout this movie, does anyone think Jonathan Price is bad in this movie? No, he was he was good. No, I generally like him as an actor, though. Anyway, so yeah, I mean, so, so he he's hard to deny. Like he is this very intriguing figure, a uh, very very like dark, mysterious, dark as an evil um, in this. So, like, but intriguing. Like you want to know more about him. So I think he's great. Jason Robards, as I noted, I like two major scenes. I like that uh, when he's talking to him outside of that bar cigar shop. I also like the scene in the library. I think those are like two very, very powerful scenes in this. I like the wildness, as I said before, the boys. As Mike said, like the two boys like aren't good enough to lead this. I just really feel they have minimal dialogue and like I don't disagree that they may or may not be that's, good actors. Because they're shitty actors. Yeah, just yeah. like and that's that's fine. I just don't feel like they needed much. So I kind of almost like that. They seem like minimalistic in the dialogue. Um yeah, there's just like a lot that I like throughout this film, and I, I think there is this huge creepy factor. But yeah, some of it's super dated. Um, the special effects, you know, in lots of ways, clearly I wish this could be updated. I absolutely think this movie could be remade and done successfully. If done with care, I think this movie can and should be made, uh, and it could be super, super cool, um, and you could just totally iron a lot of these things out. So it doesn't surprise me, you know, I saw this movie, not in the theater, but it was always on like HBO when I was a kid or something like that. I have no idea. Yeah. Did this movie get a theatrical release? I don't know. I, I believe it did. I would assume it was a Disney movie. There's like crazy trivia about this, like Kirk Douglas like owns the rights to this. and Cool. What? Yeah. It's really, <laughs> like, it's like really weird. and Jesus Christ. And like Ray Bradbury like tried other things. Yeah, I didn't know about the, like the time jump. So I'm really glad Jeremy looked into that because I, I remember seeing that scene and that was like a jarring moment for me. I was like, I always thought those kids looked older. And then I'm like, yeah. And you tell me that I was like, thank. Like it actually makes me feel sane. I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> like I, I noticed it. I did it. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> I could walk out of this. You know, the, the next movie uh, we're doing, 1985 House, continuing on the Halloween train and. Who's going to be here? Jeremy is going to be here. We are all going to be here. Lamar is going to be here. Colin's going to be here. Mike's going to be here. Um, it's a party in the studio, man. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to be able to make it out alive. Yeah. How are we going to bring this? my tent? I don't think we are. Yeah. <laughs> Should we even attempt it? No. I mean, I got some dust witch from, for Jeremy <laughs> the whole time he's here. And they're, like, they're like, how much do you need? I was like, uh, is four pounds too too much? And they're like, no, 
for like all, <laughs> for all of your friends. I was like, like my friend. <laughs> and the recording that you do after I leave, like you're like, yeah, Jeremy spent uh, two nights in a ramshackle tent in my backyard. <laughs> That's fine. That's how we're going to do it. <laughs> well, I look forward to all of this. Um, so yeah, we're going to have Jeremy in the studio uh, for livesies. So it's going to be uh, super fun. Mike, do you want to discuss to anyone uh, what we're going to do and how we're going to salt their ears going forward or anything like that? What the hell does that mean? Yeah, what does that salt mean? Salt their ears? Mike always likes like, <laughs> like we're going to carve out a, a love a loving place in your ear canals or... Like, oh, no. Like no ear talk none thing. of that. Okay. Not even for like Halloween times. Do I like ear talk? I mean, there's been a lot of, a lot of things said. <laughs> I say some stuff. <laughs> um... <laughs> Wow, okay, I'm getting the hell out of this, <laughs> and all of you are getting the hell out of my house. Uh, as always, <laughs> Rabbit Troops. <laughs> rabbit Troops. Rabbit Troops. <laughs>